Welcome back. We're glad you're joining us. I'm Clayton Bradshaw. With me is your host, Brian Decker. He's the owner and founder of Decker Retirement Planning. He's been in the industry for over 35 years. He is an author of the book, The Decker Approach, A Common Sense Approach to Retirement Planning. Um, he's been featured in various news outlets, uh, including Forbes, News Street, and uh, uh, several other local news stations, KSL, ABC. So we're excited to uh, to be here today. We've been talking about estate planning and estate documents, and we're going to continue that conversation as we talk about um, trusts and, and a few of the other documents and how it ties into distribution planning. Because as some of you know, we are distribution planning or income planning specialists for retirees. And so as we go through and we as we build these plans and, and try to make them as complete as we can from the retirement planning standpoint, we want to make sure to incorporate, are we are we maximizing your income? Are we minimizing your taxes? Are we making sure you're, you're taken care of with health care or with your insurance needs or with, as we're talking about today, with your estate planning? Um, so we, we are touching on this today. We're going to be talking a little bit about uh, some of those documents um, that we started to earlier on in the show, but we're also going to be talking about how it ties in to distribution planning. So Brian, um, where did we leave off with our documents? We talked about the will. We've talked about the power of attorney. What's next? All right. So um, next one, let's talk about the living will um, or the healthcare directive. Both mean the same thing. And there's three things, again, that we would uh, hope that you... Um, take note of on your living will or healthcare directive. By the way, mention that your power of attorney should be on your phone. Your healthcare directive should also be on your phone as a copy so that you have it and you can show it. Uh, you can have a PDF saved so that you, you can store it and just show that um, from your email that you can pull up on your phone. Um, healthcare directive is the pull the plug document. Um, that's the document where you want to make sure that if you have a child, uh, an adult child that has experience in the medical field, uh, that would be a huge plus. Or ideally someone that you have that's a child that's compassionate. You don't want to put an incompassionate child with an agenda <laughs> as your agent <laughs> for, for uh, your pull the plug document. So... Anyhow, when it comes to the pull the plug document, there's three things. One is succession. Make sure that you have, if you have a single child, no big deal. If you have two children, you might wanna have them be joint. If you have more than two, think carefully about who the rest of the children would expect would be there as a successor agent. Husband and wife are agents to each other as primary. Who is your successor agent? So give deep thought about that. The second thing is you wanna make sure that you have comfort measures. Comfort measures are important because we take a lot of time and focus and energy to make sure that this pull the plug document has a checklist of things that you're willing to go without. Don't go without pain medication. You don't want to suffer. I'll never forget my entire life what Terry Shivo went through. Gosh, this is more than 20 years ago. Uh, she was withheld just because her documents didn't have it. Um, they withheld food and water and she suffered for over a week 
and but before she passed away so make sure that if you're pulling uh, no artificial hydration or nutrition that's fine as long as you have pain medication for comfort quote even if it prolongs death uh, you don't want to have uh, you don't you personally don't want to suffer and you don't want your loved ones to suffer so the second thing is to make sure that comfort measures are part of your um healthcare directive or living will. The third and final thing for your healthcare directive or living will is the trigger clause. The trigger clause is critically important for many reasons. So this, the, gosh, this is so many stories on this one. Um, Real quick, Brian, when you say when you're saying trigger clause, you're talking about like the activation clause, how it gets put into place, right? Yeah. Okay. So now one of the kids is going to pull the plug on mom and dad. This is the activation clause. So the doc comes up and says, well, Clayton, your call. Do you want to pull the plug on your mom or your dad? What are you supposed to do? Um, and then if you do pull the plug on mom and dad, because it says right here that um, I don't want to live uh, be kept alive by a machine. So you think, well, I think, and then, so you pull the plug on your own mom. And then the next day you read an article, you see this guy sitting up in his hospital bed in a coma for three months and he recovered. And you think I just killed my mom. I just killed my own mother. So you want to make sure that the trigger clause says two doctors need to give their opinion independently that mom or dad is kept alive artificially quote unquote we see horrible language i'm when i say horrible i'm saying very vague language where the doctors come up and say well what do you think i don't know uh do you want to pull the plug you need to authorize those doctors to give their um, professional medical opinion that um, this person is kept alive artificially yeah, and with that, so I want to I want to tell kind of a a funny story maybe. Um, it's so I I met with a nurse a few years back, and she she taught nursing. She had been a nurse in in the emergency department for um, uh, the bulk of her career, and then she moved into teaching. and And because I mentioned this to her, and she said, "Well, she said that's really funny that you call pull the plug." She's like, "You want to hear something funny?" And I said, "Yeah." And she said, "I was grading papers of nurses." in nursing school and one of them referred to the procedure as pulling the plug and she's like that's not at all what it is that makes it oversimplified it's very much a more much more complex process than that but she said it's funny that that is so ubiquitous that even in nursing school for nurses that know what the procedure is and what it's called and all the specifics and i'm sure if there's any medical or healthcare providers that are listening to this they're probably chuckling to themselves because they understand this but she said it's 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 used so ubiquitously that that it's seeped into medical terminology when it is very much an outside an outside phrase. So kind of an interesting little tidbit there, but she was pretty funny about the whole conversation on it. Sounds pretty technical to me. You mean they don't just go over and pull the plug? <laughs> just reach behind the bed and pull the pull the plug out of the wall. What scared me is what happens if the, the one of the nurses goes around and trips over the plug and accidentally pulls it? Right. Yeah. One time when I was in the hospital, I had those patches on my chest and 
I rolled over sleeping and I heard the patches come off and I heard the flat line. How, how long did it take before they rushed into the room to save you? Not very long. I mean, no, it was longer. I wanted to see how long it took. It was several minutes and I, I, I chastised them for it. Didn't you know I just died two and a half minutes ago? It took you two and a half minutes. Anyhow, separate story. So power of attorney, living will, um, Anything else on the living will um, and um, healthcare directive before we move on to the trust? The trust is the most important document, in my opinion. We've saved it for last. So I just want to add with this, obviously, we're retirement planners. And so this is just part of what we is what we look at. We're not attorneys. So we want to we're coming at this from the from the standpoint of this is what we've seen as financial planners, especially Brian, you being in the industry for 35 years. You've you've pretty much seen and heard almost any kind of a story there is to hear when it comes to whether it's estate plan or uh, healthcare insurance or taxes or income planning, you've pretty much seen and heard it all. And so with this, as we talk about this, our approach is to make sure that a retirement plan is put together and it includes those those different aspects that I just mentioned. And and so we want to make sure that as, as someone is preparing for retirement and going through their retirement, that they can have as much confidence as possible that all of their stuff was set up correctly. So that's why we have this conversation. That's why we're talking about these documents, because from our perspective, as financial planners and not attorneys, these are the things that we hope people consider when they're putting together their documents. Now, we do have a book on this. It's the Decker Approach. It's a common sense approach to retirement planning. It talks about distribution planning and how all of these things and all of these pieces that we've been talking about can fit together. Um, you can go to our website to download it. Uh, it's free. It's an ebook that we've got on there. So that's DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. Again, that website is DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. You can go, you can download that ebook for free. It's called The Decker Approach, a common sense approach to retirement planning. And for some people that don't want to deal with the ebook. We do have physical copies. Feel free to give us a call. We can mail one out for you for free. Uh, if you're listening to this broadcast, just let us know. You heard us on the radio. We'll send you a book out for free. Um, call us at 833-707-3030. That number, one more time, 833-707-3030. And we can send you out one of those books, to the, the hard, or the hard, I guess it's not a hardback, but the paper copy, the physical copy book, we'll send it out to you for free. If you're listening to the show today, give us a call, 833-707-3030. Okay, so now let's talk about the trust. Um, this document controls most of most of the estate. Um, we talked about three parts of the estate: the residuary estate, your quote-unquote stuff, um, that gets poured into the trust, making them not three, but now there's two parts to the estate. One is the retirement accounts that have specific beneficiary designations that, upon presentation of a copy of the will. A uh, copy of the trust, um, uh, letters of testamentary, affidavit of domicile, those things will allow you to take possession of your um, rightful inheritance of, of that asset or a portion of that asset. The trust document has three parts to it. And by the way, Clayton, I, I, in 36 years of doing this, I've never seen a set of documents 
that we that had everything that we're talking about this helpful information in this radio segment so i hope people are listeners i hope you're jotting some notes down because i've never seen someone with a complete set of documents not one time ever that didn't have some of these edits that that didn't that was that had everything um so on the trust look number one there's three things number one look for succession who whoever you are going to put as successor trustee so your parents the the two spouses are uh, co-trustees so when one spouse dies the other is an individual trustee so make sure that um, succession whoever is going to be the co-trustee has the biggest job of all in distributing the estate it's going to be a lot of work it's going to be over probably nine months to distribute the entire estate um, speaking of nine months if you have an estate tax due, it's due in nine months from date of death in cash. Um, and we'll talk about some steps to take in your trust to cut that exposure in half at the state and federal level. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. But the first thing is about succession. Whoever the successor trustee, make sure that they're left brain detailed people who know how and are very organized can read legalese and uh, distribute the estate they would be someone that the rest the other children would expect to be in that place to have a financial background they're very organized or you would have co-trustees if you have two children have them equally uh, authorized to distribute the estate because this is all about maintaining relationships that your children uh, still talk to each other after you're gone. After succession, the next thing is the compensation clause. Quote unquote, reasonable compensation is due here also. Not just in your power of attorney, but the compensation clause is also in your trust. It causes problems. If you want to compensate the successor trustees, state a specific dollar amount, quote unquote, reasonable compensation is a blank check. And when there's two or more children, the others will read that part of the trust and say, hey, Mike, how much money did you take for yourself? Show us. And it just spirals from there. So again, we're just trying to maintain the family relationships after you go. Just know that the compensation clause causes problems. Uh, the third is, and this is the biggest divisor of families of all the language of all of your estate documents. How's that for a superlative? This one sentence in your trust distribution, uh, it's the uh, tangible asset distribution section will cause your children to never talk to each other again. In the tangible asset section, by the way, tangible assets, house, cars, paintings, jewelry, all your stuff, your piano, your hunting equipment, all of your stuff. Tangible assets are to quote unquote be divided equally that's what it says so if you've got three children and they're all piano players and you've got one steinway you can equally divide that of course can't you clayton you can equally carve that thing up in the thirds right just get the chainsaw get the chainsaw out and what happens is literally 
in, uh, in these family meetings, oldest gets to choose first. They're no dummy. I'll take the house next. So the house is worth 800,000. The next most valuable thing is maybe a car um, at 20,000 or 25,000 value. It's not fair. It it can't be fair. And children never talk to each other again because of the way that this uh, reads it. it, So what we recommend, and this is something that you may want to jot a note down, what we have seen be very successful in rewriting this portion of uh, the estate document in the trust under the tangible asset distribution section, we recommend three sentences replace Um, that tangible assets be divided equally. Number one sentence says, house and cars are to be sold with proceeds equally divided. Now you can divide cash equally. Number two, it says specific transfers are mentioned in Appendix A. So if you have specific assets that go to specific children you want johnny to have your hunting equipment johnny gets it you want sally to have mother's wedding dress and wedding rings she gets it if uh, susie asks for the casserole dish that she remembers being on the family table growing up she gets it she asks for it if another child asks for a painting in their room they get that those specific transfers requests are recorded on Appendix A. The third sentence says, um, anything not mentioned on Appendix A is to be sold slash donated with proceeds equally divided. Here's the rationale and logic for that last one. Let's say, Clayton, that you're the successor trustee of your parents and you have four siblings. Your parents are gone, you go in there, and you have their closets are full of their clothes. Um, drawers are full of silverware, pots, pans, Tupperware. The house is full. What are you going to do? Are you going to really have an estate sale and sell their Tupperware and all of their bent forks and knives? No, you're going to call. You're going to call uh, what? Salvation Army or Deseret Industries, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, and they come in and they just handle it. They're yeah. pros, they just handle it. Um, but it needs to say that third sentence, anything not on um, Appendix A is to be sold slash donated with proceeds equally divided because you will be seen as heartless, as the heartless jerk that <laughs> that brought in and cleared out mom and dad's stuff. And you can show right in the trust, no, it says right here, Right. This is what they wanted. Without that, you're you you'll wear the scarlet letter for the rest of your life. Right. Some clear clear language basically is what we're yep. hoping for. And then uh, maybe even a fourth sentence that says rights of first refusal apply. So here's here's where rights of first refusal are important. Let's say that um, let's say that Johnny, um, Sally, and Susie, three kids. Uh, Johnny is a teacher, Sally is a doctor, married a doctor, Susie is a teacher, and her husband is uh, um, married to a policeman. One of the three kids has lots of money, the other two don't. So when, when their parents die, the 
kids with money say, oh, we can't sell mom and dad's house. There's so many memories here. We grew up with this place. And the other two are burning inside because they need those funds. So if that one couple, if Susie and her husband wants the house, they have to buy the other two out. Now it's fair. Susie gets the house, all the memories that she wanted, and the other two kids get the get the funds. Does that make sense? Yep. So those four sentences, if you add that in replacement of what will divide your family, which is the tangible asset section saying house and car, that says that um, all things are to be divided equally, now the kids will talk to each other again and have those continuing relations because now it can be done fairly. Right. So that's it for the trust. Now for all of these documents, for all those changes to be done, you have a couple options. One, anything you want to say, Clayton, before I get into this, anything on, we talked about the will, power of attorney, living will, and trusts. We haven't offered legal advice. We can't do that. We're not attorneys. We've offered observations of the things that have divided families. As fiduciaries to our clients, we owe them that. Right. And one of the things I will add is I've actually seen, I know that some of that can sound like it can be a lot of work and it doesn't have to be done all in a weekend, right? It can be built up over time, especially that appendix that you're talking about. I actually, um, I had someone come in and they, they, um, they brought in their mom's, uh, their mom's documents just to show me how thorough it was. And their mom had gone through, no, photographed every like little oh. trinket that she had and and for her it was it was the jewelry right it was the the more kind of heirloom items that you mentioned but it was but she had gone through and listed and said okay this ring goes to so and so oh that's good this necklace goes to so and so this gun goes to so and so right and so but not the silverware not the silverware it didn't go that it didn't go that and she didn't take a picture of everything in her house but she went through and of those heirloom items the things that had been in the family for a couple of generations or the things that had the sentimental value she had listed out very specifically and took pictures of them to very clearly state to the to everyone involved here is who gets this this was my plan all along and so there was no question with her on how it was done so it can be done i've seen it and it's great because i could tell that the weight was totally lifted off of the lady that i met with because her mom had shouldered all of that burden in deciding who got what and her mom was gone at that point, so she didn't care anyway. Good. And you brought up a, a couple more points on this. The first point is, if there's a problem, if there's a problem with Appendix A on specific transfers, if both daughters want mom's wedding ring and wedding dress, you're alive to settle it instead of being gone and having a potential major problem. Right. And, and with this, again, um, in talking about kind of our, our view as financial advisors and not attorneys on these legal documents, we come at it from a standpoint of making sure that your retirement can be as enjoyable as 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 possible when it comes to the the retirement plan. We want to help get you there. So with that, that being said, if you want to learn more, if you want to download our book, go to our website. It's DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. You can download our book. It's called The Decker Approach. It's a safer approach to retirement planning. It's got a lot of great information on distribution planning and income planning and how all of that ties into the topics that we're talking about today. Um, Again, that's DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. Um, Brian, anything else that you want to add on the distribution planning side and how all this kind of fits together? 
Yeah, let's talk about cost. So when it comes to the cost of these changes, you can jot these notes and go back to your attorney and it might cost, I don't know, $1,500. It, it depends, 500 to $1,500. Sure. Somewhere in there to make all these changes. Or you can start over... I know that sounds horrible. <laughs> you can start over and there's some user-friendly software that are that was created by attorneys and it's something that our clients have really uh, found it's very easy. Just over a weekend, uh, set aside 90 minutes. It asks you name, uh, name, address, social, date of birth. Uh, general information about you and your stuff, right? You and your stuff, your kids, etc. Uh, in 90 minutes, you can get will, power of attorney, living will, trust document, all of those for each of you individually in a trust document collectively for $85. And these are great documents. Go to willmaker.com. We don't own the site. This is not an advertisement. Right. But there's some online documents. LegalZoom.com uh, is popular. Yeah, there's a few services that offer that offer this. I mean, if you just if you just I would imagine you can do an internet search for like free legal software or, or and it's some one of these services is gonna gonna pop up. Right. But having those documents in place are gonna be very important so that your children uh, your legacy um, is is going to be um, uh, decided on how the wording of your documents are drafted. One last point. Do we have time for one, one quick last summary point? Yeah, we just got a couple minutes left, so yeah. Okay. Should you show your documents to your children? I would say most of the time, not just no, but heck no, because... <laughs> If your children uh, see the assets that you've got, now, granted, you can sh you can ask your children to be uh, in those positions. You should do that. You should have them prepped and know, but you shouldn't show them the amount of assets that you've got. It takes away, um, a, a, if they think that they're gonna get seven figures coming into their lap uh, when they pass away, it takes, it changes people. And it changes the relationship. Right. Well, so years ago, so I'll tell you this story really quick. Years ago when I was in school, I, I was in school with someone. She worked um, at a trust company that helped manage and distribute assets in people's trust. And so she dealt with very high net worth individuals. And she told us about this call that she got. There was this lady that uh, she had several millions of dollars and uh and she was she was pulling money out of her own account it's her she was doing what she wanted with it right and she was going to the casinos and she was just blowing through all of it and just having a great time doing it but her son knew how much she had and knew what she was doing with it and he called the trust company to try to get them to stop distributing the assets because it was his inheritance that she was spending which that's so selfish to me and so that's that's why that's one of the reasons why we say that don't don't share that information. Yep. 
Um, okay, so for as we've talked about the documents, we've talked about what we do as retirement planners. We hope you visit, visit us at our website, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. That website is DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. You can also call us. Um, we do free 15, 30-minute calls all the time. We can help people. Um, if you want to do a longer meeting, we can do that for free as well. We'd love to talk to you about your situation um, and how your retirement planning is going. You can call us at 833 that number one more time is 833-707-3030. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to being back with you next week. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. Decker Retirement Planning is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Decker Retirement Planning.